Hi, I'm Martha. Hi, I'm Izzy. Welcome to the Lookout Podcast, Reef Point Strack. Today's episode is, what the hell are Sea Scouts? <laughs> One of the most important questions that I have ever received about Sea Scouts is, who are Sea Scouts? Many people don't know exactly who we are. Sea Scouts is a part of the BSA program, but instead of camping and hiking, we do sailing and aquatic-related activities. We're similar to Scouts, except um, we have a older crowd. We're 13 and above to 21, while normal Scouts are from 11 to 18. So we have an older age group to work with which is really cool because we do a lot of boat maintenance and high adventure stuff. So it helps to have that kind of safety precaution of being aware that comes with having older scouts. So that's basically who we are. What is our uniform like? So just like in Boy Scouts, each new scout has to wear a uniform and these uniforms help to create a sense of belonging. They can symbolize character development, leadership, citizenship training, and personal fitness. So this uniform provides a sense of identification and commitment to both the youth and adult members. This official Sea Scout uniform is composed of a navy blue shirt and navy blue plants, along with a navy blue ball cap hat and a black Sea Scout belt, as well as an optional neckerchief. Are you ready to digest into some of the history of these Sea Scout uniforms? <laughs> <laughs> So in 1922, Commander Thomas J. Keene revised the Sea Scout program. He wrote requirements for advancements, and he changed the Boy Scout nature of Sea Scout uniforms into the seagoing uniform. In the late 1990s, after a long period of optional uniforms in Venturing and Sea Scouts, Sea Scouts was a part of Venturing at that time, the National Sea Scout leadership recertified several official Sea Scout uniforms and described them in the 20 2002 printing of the Sea Scout manual. These uniforms had been in use for decades and were adapted from converting, converted U.S. Navy garments. And they modified to distinguish them from military uniforms by removing some Navy-specific features and adding a Sea Scout insignia. There were about seven official uniforms, but that got too confusing, so we added one more. <laughs> to look more like Sea Scouts and to avoid imitation of a military uniform and to overcome the significant costs of stocking all the sizes in the Sea Scout shop. Sea Scouters and Sea Scouts adopted the Dickies brand garments, which are what we use today. With the new uniform designated as the sea official Sea Scout uniform, the eight traditional uniforms are classified as discontinued or legacy uniforms. They may continue to be worn, but every ship is encouraged to adopt the official Sea Scout uniform. Yeah, and one of the really cool, important things about our uniforms, like you said before, is they show your personal development and stuff. So you can kind of tell who somebody is and what the role in Sea Scouts is by what's on their uniform, what awards they've gotten, or what their position is in their ship, you know? And I think that's so important when you are looking at someone at Sea Scout events, or if you see another Sea Scout, you know how long they've been in Sea Scouts, what they might be engaged in, and even some of their religious activities. Yeah, and you made a really good point about the military uniforms. We kind of had to switch over from that because I know a lot of people would get mistaken for military and would get saluted or thanked for their service. That's happened to me multiple times. People think I'm a fire marshal or a policeman just because they don't know what Sea Scouts is and, the, and they don't recognize the uniform. That has definitely happened to me as well. And that's why it's yeah. a great thing to have a uniform that unifies all of us. <laughs> exactly. 
So the organization of Sea Scouts is very, very similar to the organization within a troop. The uh, <laughs> head youth leader, I guess you would call them, is the bosun. It's pronounced bosun, but it's spelled boat swain. They're like the SPL, they're in charge, they manage the youth below them and make sure the ship is running effectively. So the bosun usually has two bosun's mates. One is the bosun mate admin and they help with the administration. They are in charge of the secretary called the yeoman and the purser, which keeps track of all your, your money. And then you also have your bosun's mate program, which takes care of all the activities. So beneath them is activity chairs and activity committees. They're the ones who take care of planning things. Quarterdecks are all of your ship's officers and how often you hold these really depends on your ship's bylaws. So quarterdecks can happen once a month or once every six months. And they're just a time for all of the ship's officers to get together and collaborate and figure out what needs to be improved with the ship, you know, stop, start, continue, what we need to change, what's going well for us, and just plan annual events. I know my ship in particular, we have an annual quarter deck just to plan out our entire year calendar. And then we also have quarter decks every two months just to figure out where we are and how things are going. Other than that, your youth are divided into crews, usually eight to 10 scouts, depending on how many scouts you have in a ship. Some ships are only as big as eight to 10 scouts. So you, don't, so you won't have crews, but they are a very easy way to divide up their youth and make sure everyone is there and accounted for. I think it's really important that you mentioned that the scouts are all youth. This is like makes them responsible for what they need to be doing and yeah, teaches them to- Officers are youth, yeah. And teaches them a lot about confidence as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Like we said before, Sea Scouts is based on water adventures, which of course means safety must be taken into account. So Sea Scouts allows training for everyone as there are certain BSA requirements, such as the safety swim defense, which is a requirement for an apprentice. There, you also will learn how to make float plans and conduct a vessel safety examination through Sea Scouts. Personally, for me, this has actually impacted my life several times when I was out boating and something always seems to go wrong. <laughs> But taking care of making sure that you have these safety examinations makes you have more confidence and be able to be accountable for any situations that happen. So one of the safety training that sea scatters can take is safety at sea. Safety at sea is designated to address safety concerns from crew overboard situations to gear emergencies and even sickness, seasickness. Classes are taught by professionals and dedicated volunteers provided by both novice and experienced sailors alike with the information and skills needed for sailing preparedness. The purpose of this event is to provide Sea Scouts and their leaders with an opportunity to receive instruction and hands-on experience in a variety of boating safety skills. You actually get to create, make flares and work with pumps and damage controls, even trying on survival suits. I definitely know that I learned a lot about hypothermia and even firefighting, which I found so interesting. <laughs> so Sea Scouts has definitely allowed me to have larger confidence in my safety um, on the water because we're always on the water. And actually an instance would happen with the firefighting, it, 
although you might learn how to take care of fire on the water, that doesn't mean you can't apply it on land as well. I, one time my dad was cooking in the kitchen and he had this gas fire and he kind of just froze there. But I actually started to get up, stick up and tried to get that fire out by turning off the heat, which is something funny I learned from the Sea Scout training. Yeah, the C, the oh, not the Sea Scout motto, but the, just the Scouts BSA motto in general is be prepared. So safety training is definitely important, especially when you're working with boats. Boats are pieces of machinery and they should be treated as such. So it's very good to have that knowledge in case something goes wrong. And you're absolutely right. That can definitely be applied on land as well. That's really funny that that happened with your dad. I think it's so cool how Sea Scouts has definitely given me the opportunity to try these hand-on experiments and testing how you do it instead of just like reading a manual, which like you usually would just experience if you were trying to go boating one day. Yeah, exactly. Sea Scouts is very hands-on and high adventure. And that's one of, that's part of safety. That's one of the reasons why we have the older youth group as opposed to the younger kids, because we have to be able to take care of each other, take care of ourselves and take care of the boats. Right, definitely. And that's actually a requirement, which we can talk about now. <laughs> Learning about safety is a requirement for the different ranks. Do you want to go ahead and talk about advancements? Yeah, sure, I will. Um, just on that, though, the boating requirement, like your, your boater safety course is a requirement for ordinary, which is the second rank in Sea Scouts. The ranks go from Apprentice, Ordinary, Able, and Quartermaster. Your Quartermaster rank is the equivalent of your Eagle rank within a troop. Um, the way that these ranks work in Sea Scouts is Sea Scouts don't really have merit badges. Usually your ranks and your troops are based off of how many merit badges you earn and your service hours. Well, Sea Scouts don't have merit badges, so all of our ranks are based off of our skills your boat handling, your maintenance, your safety, your swimming certifications, your lifeguard certifications, all that fun stuff. And one of the really cool things that I enjoy about Sea Scouts is we have a bunch of different electives you can choose from. You can choose from different leadership trainings to traditions about Sea Scouts. There's elective you can get. Um, it's a class three elective, which, you, which is one of the ones required for quartermaster. It's memorizing all the code flags, you know, that spell all the different letters and stuff. So I, that's definitely a very, very cool aspect of Sea Scouts that not many people realize. There are usually two types of Sea Scouts. The first one being the Sea Scout that is focused entirely on rank advancement. Then there's another Sea Scout that is just in it for the fun of it. And then, there's this, and then there is a third Sea Scout who is a combination of the two. And that's the really cool thing about Sea Scouts is that unlike troops, we don't focus on rank kids management as much. I mean, it's there if you want to accomplish something and have a goal, but also it's really fun just to be out on the water and have a good time. I liked how you said that, as well as we can point out that the requirements really do help with when you actually do hands-on experience and out water, out <laughs> boating, when you go out boating. Yeah, I know some ships who don't let their kids go on sails or long cruises until they've gotten their ordinary rank, just because of the safety stuff that you learn in Apprentice and Ordinary. My ship isn't like that because we think that it's great for the kids to learn hands-on experience, and as long as we have people supervising them, it's okay. Um, but I know some ships do do that when they're taking their kids out on the water, just for safety reasons. 
Definitely. What you learn from Sea Scouts, either on the water and having that experience or through memorizing certain materials, learning about safety precautions and even how to tie knots, just all play into the role of what Sea Scouts really is. Yeah, and one of the cool things about Sea Scouts that separates us from troops is we have a lot of really cool awards that not many people know about. There's this marksmanship award. Who knew that Sea Scouts can shoot rifles and pistols and shotguns and stuff? Like there's an award for that only in Sea Scouts. So, I mean, we're, we're just, <laughs> we're a very different breed of people. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about how Sea Scouts has helped me gain confidence and I've seen my own personal growth even in just the last year. So Sea Scouts is trying to change, Sea Scouts is for changing in youth scouts to being more confident, gaining leadership skills, and building their own character. Even in our own scout law and scout oath, that depicts of how well our character is created. So personally, I have seen a change in my own confidence. I've been given these opportunities to present in front of other kids and even adults and even schedule meetings, and that's helped my own confidence. I started out before I was a Sea Scout, I was pretty not confident with my presentation skills and speaking in front of a large crowd definitely scared me. But Sea Scouts has forced me almost to learn how to take the opportunities that I was given by giving me a safe environment to present where I wouldn't be too scared or too nervous. And my first presentation might have gone pretty rough. The one after that might have gone pretty rough. But after that, it just got get it better and it got better and better. And I definitely learned to gain better confidence as well as just my overall surrounding in my own confidence, my skills, either talking to people and communicating my beliefs and opinions, or even just when I'm out on the water, I'm more confident to take on different challenges, such as hopping in a boat that I've never sailed before. I'm confident to take that on. And I think Sea Scouts can definitely develop your professional skills of how to write emails and how to contact youth and adults <laughs> to take charge. Yeah, absolutely. My very first Sea Scout event that I ever did we actually went to a district roundtable and we presented our ship. So the first thing I did was public speaking. That's actually a requirement for your apprentice rank. And you know, at some point, if you're a youth in a Sea Scout ship, then you're going to be an officer, um, whether you're appointed or elected. And that really helps with your presentation skills and stuff. And the more that experienced you are at being a Sea Scout, the more likely you are to be teaching other kids, which in turn helps you grow more confident when you see your knowledge pass on to others that are less experienced than you. So half of the Sea Scout requirements, like the ABLE and Quartermaster ranks are all about teaching other people. So that with that comes presentation skills, but also passing down that knowledge. And that's another thing when you are even testing for your rank requirements and you have to present what you know in front of others orally, that is a huge thing for me because I would always be nervous for even test taking skills. Um, that Sea Scouts has helped me to develop my test taking skills. You're given this large manual that you have to, you, you want to learn and you want to advance your ranks and you can use what you learned through those, um, through character building from Sea Scouts to help you in test skills, even if it's not with Sea Scouts. If it's like in school, I've seen confidence in my own ability to 
take tests and take material and understand it. So we talked a little bit about confidence and how that might play into like leadership roles. Do you want to continue on with how leadership training can? Yes, absolutely. Being in Sea Scouts gives you the opportunity to be a leader. Like I said before, chances are you're probably going to have an officer position. And the way that you learn about those is you take ILSS. It is a requirement to take it and it is also a requirement to teach it. So ILSS is a, it can, depending on who's teaching it, it can last some three hours to eight hours. Um, but it teaches you how a ship works, what the organization is, what we just talked about earlier, and how Sea Scouts interact to have a ship functioning. Sea Scouts can also have other opportunities that other Scouts have to attend, such as NYLT and NAIL. National Youth Leadership Training and National Advanced Youth Leadership Experience. I think that's what NAIL stands for. I attended both of those this past summer and they were definitely a very, very cool experience and I learned a lot of leadership skills that I took back to my ship to implement as being bosun. The Sea Scout version of NAIL is called SEAL and <laughs> that is a very intense week of on the water training and on the water learning not only about sailing and boat maintenance, but also being a leader specifically in Sea Scouts. I think we might even have an episode on this track at some point about SEAL because it is just that cool. For sure. Sea Scouts can definitely look forward to these events and they know that they can also, they're not doing it alone. They have their whole ship with them or if there are other training, they have other Sea Scouts that they get to meet there. I think well, actually, um, during my NYLT, I was the only Sea Scout. I was the only one in a blue uniform, and I was doing it up in middle of Texas during July, so it was like 104 degrees every single day, and I was in dark blue dickies. But you know what? It turned out okay because a lot of kids didn't know what Sea Scouts was, so I had that opportunity to talk about it. We actually had some questions that people usually ask about Sea Scouts. The first one is, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about Sea Scouts? Can you think of any? I can definitely think of some. <laughs> uh, as a Sea Scout, when I go to certain events and I'm wearing my uniform, the first misconception I get is, oh, it's just for guys, or that uh, only certain like young kids are in it because they haven't seen other like teenagers in it which is kind of interesting considering that the age is from 14 to 20. 21 yeah yeah um another misconception I get well this is just because they haven't even talked to me about what Scouts is yet but they think we're part of the military and that's just because of the uniform but one of a very very big misconception I get is that we do only sailing and that's not true we do paddlecraft too, like kayaking, canoeing, paddleboarding. I know a ship that does only scuba diving. So we, we don't do just sailing and we don't have to be on the coast to have a Sea Scout ship. My Sea Scout ship is in Katy, Texas, which is outside of Houston. And we have to drive an hour and a half to get to Galveston to go sailing. But that's just in Galveston. We can go to lakes around Texas to do small boat sailing or any of those paddle craft things I just mentioned. So we have a wide variety of things that we can do. Definitely. Also, 
when you think of Sea Scouts, you don't realize how large and how international it is. There are actually ships in Australia, ships around the world, where you can really learn from their own experiences and what they're doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. We have Sea Scouts nationwide. I mean, those, those kids in Australia know how to sail. They race a lot. They're very, very good at what they do. So yeah, we're, we're nationwide. Another, another misconception I get is that um, the national Sea Scout quarterdeck is just there. They don't really do anything. And I can safely say after a year of being a member of the national quarterdeck, we definitely do things. So we're always working to improve the program to the best of our ability and help us just keep up with the changes and advancement that BSA is going through. Sea Scouts so. is definitely connected ship by ship. <laughs> so that's yeah, we, we have sister ships. I, <laughs> my ship 1996 has a sister ship 846 that we collaborate with for a lot of our events because sometimes we don't have enough, don't have enough youth to go on one event. Um, it's really cool because we're all very, very close friends. So it's always great to go and work with them. For sure. The next question is actually, what is your favorite part of Sea Scouts? <laughs> I mean, there's so many great aspects of Sea Scouts. I definitely love getting out on the water and how Sea Scouts gives you the opportunity to go on these adventures with friends and people you can make friends. <laughs> I've definitely met so many great people from Sea Scouts that just like Martha right here, <laughs> I probably would never have met if it wasn't for Sea Scouts, which connects us. Yeah, and the great thing about Sea Scouts for me is it's actually what got me into sailing. Izzy over here lives in Annapolis, and she has been sailing her entire life, but I have only been sailing for about a year and a half, only because of Sea Scouts. So it got me into this great culture that I didn't even know about. But I think that the very most favorite part for me as these guys would probably have to be the people. There are so many, so many wacky personalities all throughout the program. We're all so unique and we're all so different. It's really great to have that teenage voice of like the 14 to 21 year olds because we're all figuring out who we are and acting on that. And it really shows through our leadership too. So it's, it's great to just get to know all different kinds of people. Everyone has different talents and skills they can implement into their leadership and teaching, and it's beautiful to see that. Definitely. I 100% agree. This question is kind of built off what we were talking about before, some misconceptions, but what do I do if I'm landlocked and want to join a Sea Scout ship? So if you're landlocked, <laughs> you can still go to lakes and do scuba diving, like I said before, you do not have to sail to be a Sea Scout ship. Um, yeah, so definitely. I mean, it's, you might meet other ships that have the opportunity to be closer to water locations, but that doesn't stop you from being a Sea Scout. You can also travel to different locations that do have water spots aimed for long cruises. You get to be on the water. So your Sea Scouts are not defined by the land that's surrounding them. <laughs> that's very, very true. This last question I have is how to join. If you want to join a Sea Scout ship, go to seascoutdog.org, click on the about button, scroll all the way down, type in your zip code, and you will find a Sea Scout ship near you that you can join. 
So I look forward to meeting you. (laughs) Any other questions that you get, Izzy, just about Sea Scouts in general? Those are the ones that I have been asked. So my questions were pretty similar with that. Um, Just to add, I would like to talk of a little, or a question that I get is, is Sea Scouts too much like school? (laughs) Really? I do. (laughs) And I think it completely sets us apart. I think people have just heard too many times that, oh, it's just meetings and meetings are boring and what you have to learn and test. Uh, But I think Sea Scouts is definitely different than just your average day of school. You get to go and meet so many more people and have so many different adventures. Yeah, see, that's the cool thing about Sea Scouts is she's up in Annapolis and I'm down in Texas and I have never gotten that question. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) Sea Scouts in Texas do not think that Sea Scouts is like a school at all. They, a lot of Scouts that are in troops think that Sea Scouts are these exotic creatures that are literal pirates that we spend all day every day out on the water sailing and capsizing boats on purpose and jerry-rigging our lines just out there (laughs) doing our thing. I have never once had that question before so that's very very interesting (laughs) that you get asked that. Okay (laughs) if you have any more questions or would like a request for an episode you can contact us at podcast.cscout.org. So I'm Martha. And this is Izzy. And we will see you all next week on the Lookout Reef Points.